You can get this full audiobook for free on Amazon, by clicking on the link in the description. Is brought to you, by the book guide. Happened to those people there, meaning the Skid Row areas, such as Vancouver's drug-notorious downtown east side, where this book opens and ends, and where much of its action takes place. In 2016, British Columbia declared a public emergency, in part, says Dr. Henry, to shift the conversation from a localized emergency to the broader social problem it is. This is not those people. This is our people, our brothers and sisters, families. Overdose deaths happen in all neighborhoods, from the richest to the poorest. For all the genuine alarm and grief over this carnage, it is too easily comforting for us to believe that these deaths are due only to individual predilections or habits. On social and political levels, they represent human sacrifices. People are falling victim to our society's long-term disinclination to come to terms with the realities and root sources of addiction, especially of substance use. Over the decades, in the face of all evidence, we have refused to demand or embrace policies that would prevent or properly address the ravages of addiction. As David Walker, inaugural chair, Public Health Ontario, has sharply and aptly noted in a letter to the Globe and Mail, March 17, 2018, in 2003, a new and frightening epidemic struck Canada, mostly in Toronto. 44 people died from SARS. The provincial and federal governments reacted powerfully. Fifteen years later, opioid addiction, another new and frightening epidemic, is striking Canada. One wonders why our collective response is, relatively, so muted. Is it because we value those who are dying less? Is this the caring society we are becoming? As with many other human problems, there exist what are called proximate causes to this escalating epidemic, causes that immediately contribute to the tragic outcomes. Anyone reading or watching the daily news today is aware that salient amongst the proximate causes is the recent, wide availability of the cheap and potent manufactured opioids fentanyl and carfentanyl. These drugs compared with their plant-derived relatives heroin and morphine, have a much narrower margin of safety. That is, the difference between a dose that will get one high or out of withdrawal and one that will kill is much smaller, hence their lethality. Dire a threat as they pose, potentially suicidal habits form only the tip of a huge iceberg. Our society, with people increasingly desperate to escape the isolation and dismay of their daily lives, is rife with every manner of addiction, with more arising all the time. Internet addiction appears to be a common disorder that merits inclusion in DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition, suggested an editorial in the American Journal of Psychiatry the same year this book appeared and how much more commonly recognized a disorder it has become since then. Recently, an article in Psychology Today discussed Internet Gaming Disorder, 
Smartphones are another major new addictive focus. New York psychotherapist Nancy Collier reported that most people now check their smartphones 150 times per day or every six minutes, and young adults are now sending an average of 110 texts per day. 46% of smartphone users now say that their devices are something they couldn't live without. A classic sign of addictive dependency. We should be cautious not to confuse the trees for the forest, the manifestation for the underlying process, the symptom for the cause. There are no new disorders here, only new targets for the universal and age-old addiction process, new forms of escape. The mind and brain processes are the same in all addictions, no matter what form, as is the psycho-spiritual emptiness that resides at the core. What the data look like is a society gripped by despair with a surge of unhealthy behaviors and an epidemic of drugs. The Nobel Prize-winning